0: you're here with us today. What an honor and a privilege it is to worship. So let's put our hands together and lift our voices as we worship God today.
1: to you that we are yours and we are the apple of your eye we thank you for that gift this morning can you give God some praise one more time this morning And go ahead and high-five somebody as you have your seat we are so glad that you're in the house today and uh, we want to extend a special welcome to all our first-time guests with us whether you're in person or watching online don't the first can we welcome our first-time guests this morning welcome Uh, We want to encourage you to do a few quick things, a few important things. If this is your first time or maybe you've been here for a while and you haven't gotten connected yet, we would love for you to pull out your smartphone and text D1 text to 84576 or scan the QR code on the screen fill it out with as much information as you don't mind us having or you can grab the uh, connect card from the seat back in front of you please fill it out and we ask that you hold on to it until after service or present that digital QR code to us and we want to invite you to visit our guest reception where our pastors and some of our leadership team will be there and we just want to say welcome we want to exchange that for a free gift and connect with you that way so again don't first can we welcome our first-time guests this morning We love when we get a chance to meet new people. And one of the other ways that uh, we get to do that is through social media, believe it or not. And so we believe that that is a window into what God is doing here. And so if you're not following it, following us on any of our social media platforms, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, we have some playlists on Spotify. And also watch every message on YouTube. We encourage you to do that, in fact, because there may be something that God spoke to you. You might need to go back, something that you missed. And we want you to share those things because we believe, that God wants to touch people not just on Sunday but on Monday on Tuesday on Thursday amen so uh, please do that and then also want to remind you that in the month of July it's July Refresh, and what we're doing is we're taking a strategic time of rest with our leaders to allow them to be able to recharge and come back in the fall uh, engaged, uh, charged up, ready to continue to lead us. And so, the Wednesdays in the month of July, we will not be having any services starting this Wednesday. Again, we're calling this July Refresh because, as some of you know, or most of you know, some of you may not, our pastors they're not here because they're on they're taking a, a time of sabbatical, a time of rest. Our board has granted that to them so i'm going to ask you that during the month of july every day that you be praying for them that you be praying that god speaks to them clearly that he renews and enhances the vision for for years to come because our pastors are gifts amen they're gifts to this house can you give our pastors some honor this morning we love them so much so again july is a strategic time of refreshing but uh, as i mentioned earlier uh, on the d1 text uh, there are a few things that we want you to do and one of those things is baptism and we love celebrating people taking their next steps in faithful scriptural obedience by saying i'm going public with my faith." so today pastor josh is going to baptize some of our family members today as they celebrate it can you give it up for him this morning
2: this morning we have Ellie Joyner with me today and today's a very special day you know baptism is such a beautiful part of our faith you know because it's an opportunity for the new believer to make a public declaration of their decision to follow Christ amen and so we celebrate that with you today um, Ellie and it's just such a wonderful beautiful moment in time so Ellie is there anything that you'd like to share with us before we continue (laughs) <laughs> well, Ellie, I have two questions for you. The first one is, um, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. And do you want to follow and serve him with all your life? Yes. Amen. Well, then upon that public declaration of faith, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, his Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Let's give it up work. Yeah.
2: One more step. There we go. All right, everyone. This is Ella Knighton. And she's also publicly declaring her faith and her confession today before all of you. And so I'll ask you the same question, Ella. Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Yes. Do you want to serve him with the rest of your life? Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, then upon that public declaration of faith, it's my honor to baptize you in the name of Father, of the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit.
1: <laughs> Let's give it up for him. Let's give it up for everybody. Let's make some noise. Amen. <laughs>
2: pray for our nation, for wisdom and direction, for peace and protection, for liberty and justice, for strength and fortitude, for faith, hope, and love. We thank you for the freedoms given to us and for the beauty all around us. We believe you can unite what is divided among us and restore what is broken inside us. Because you are the God who sees, the God who loves, and the God who listens. And so on this Independence Day, we humble ourselves and we pray, God bless America. in you and for all of this we thank you
1: come on can we give god some praise for those that fought for our freedom come on you can do better than that aren't you thankful that we live in a free country they fought for our religious freedoms that we get a chance to be here today and so as we honor them i wanted i wanted to tell you that freedom really isn't free and today as we celebrate our independence and those that fought for our freedom in this country we also need to acknowledge our dependence on the one that sets us free the bible says that where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and i'm believing already that there's freedom in this house so he still sets people free he wants to set some people free today and uh as we continue this worship service into a time of communion At the Last Supper, the Bible tells us that Jesus took the bread, blessed it, and he broke it. And one of the things I wanna tell you today as we get ready to uh, give out the elements, uh, and if you didn't get one as you came in today, our ushers are gonna come momentarily, but I wanna tell you this, that there's a blessing in the breaking. I said there's a blessing in the breaking, that he was broken so that you and I could be blessed. So if you're here today and you haven't received those communion elements, if you'll raise your hand. Some of our ushers are already here. There's some on the front row, some in the back. So you can go ahead and come now. And even if you're watching online, we'll go ahead and encourage you as well to get some bread or some crackers and some juice to partake in this with us together because it's a special moment. It's a holy moment. Amen? I know I see some, some people still in the back, some in the balcony. In Luke 22, verses 19 and 20, it starts by saying this, Then he took the bread and after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body, my body, which is given for you do this in remembrance. Of me, one of the reasons why I appreciate that word remembrance, as Pastor Mark always emphasizes, is that He remembers us. He bring, He not only remembers us mentally, but He brings us back into fellowship with the body. So maybe you came in today and you're feeling distant, you're feeling separated from God. I want you to know that as we do this in remembrance of Him, He wants to bring us back to Him. So I'm going to ask that if you don't mind, if you'll go ahead and peel that top back on the uh, the communion elements, and we're going to partake and receive the bread together. Let's go ahead and do. This. That now, and then it says in verse 20, then he took the cup and he drank from it. And he said, This is my blood that is going to be shed for you. And then he partake, we par- he partook in passing and drinking. Of the juice let's do that together now in your own way let's even if it's quietly let's just go ahead and thank the lord for what he's doing in your life because maybe you needed that you needed a healing touch in your body so in your own words let's just thank the lord father thank you so much for what you did for us on the cross thank you for the blessing thank you for the shared blood Thank you for the stripes that you bore on your body. Thank you for the pain that you took that it could be healing for me. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promise. And Father, we honor you, we glorify you for it because without you, none of this is even necessary. None of this is even possible, but we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you did and we're gonna give you glory for it. Come on, can we give God some praise in the house this morning for what he did on the cross? Thank you, Jesus. As we continue our worship, uh, we're going to uh, continue to honor the Lord in our giving. Again, we we saw it in the video; He gave His life for us, and this is just a small act of sacrificial generosity that we give to we give back to Him. Because God doesn't give to us; He gives through us. Amen. And I believe that's one of the ways that He does that in this house. So on the screen, you're going to see five ways to give, and as you're preparing uh, to give your offering to the Lord. I want to give you an update on what we've done with missions uh, through Speed the Light. As of right now, as of today, uh, with your partnership and the faithful generosity of this generation, through Speed the Light, we've given uh, $15,000. Can you give God some praise for what we're doing in this house? We're so excited about that, and again, as you see those ways to give, we would encourage you to partner with us. We ask that you partner with us in faithful giving, in sacrificial generosity, because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. So, as I get ready to pray over this offering, I also want you to know that our elders and our prayer team is going to go ahead and go to their various stations of prayer. We're going to have uh, one on the exit, on the uh, two on the exit on the main floor, and then one in the balcony. And we encourage you to participate in this time of strategic prayer, because even though we just partook in communion, we're still believing that God wants to heal you. You may legitimately need a physical touch today. And we're praying, we're going to pray a prayer of faith, asking God to touch your body, to touch your mind, to touch your soul. Even if you need to stand in the gap for somebody, we would encourage you to do that today. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand as we get ready to pray and go back into worship. Father, thank you so, so much for every need in this house because we know that when we have needs that need to be met we can rely on you to meet those needs you are faithful father you are trustworthy we can depend and trust in your blood That your sacrifice for us can meet every need father that the name jesus at the mention of that name you can heal whatever it is that name jesus is whatever we need we speak to depression we speak to anxiety we speak to suicidal thoughts and ideation we speak to identity issues father we speak to cancer we speak to brittle bones we speak to hurting hearts father whatever somebody needs in this house today we pray a prayer of faith and we give our lives back to you not only with our bodies but also with our finances so Bless us today as we honor and worship you. And everybody said real loud, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise and worship him together. great we praise your name for there is no other name given by which men can be saved and we thank you for that name we speak Jesus today come on just say Jesus we speak your name more we speak your name over your people we honor your name today as great as your name is as worthy as it is father it is No match for anything that we deal with so we speak Jesus over every situation we speak Jesus over every circumstance we speak Jesus over every problem and we worship you today because of how worthy you are we thank you for your great and mighty name Lord move in this house today and we'll give you the glory for it and everybody said amen amen come on can you give God some praise this morning His presence is in the house. We are so thankful for you can go ahead and be seated. And I get the honor today to introduce our uh, it's not he's not even I say he's a guest, but really he's family. Most of you know him. But for those of you that haven't gotten a chance to meet Larry Henderson, uh, yet you're in for a treat. And I just want to read a brief bio off for him. Uh, He is missionary Larry Henderson and him and his wife Melinda have served as career appointed missionaries since January 2001. They have been married for 32 years and have three children and two grandsons. Can y'all give it up for that? Oh, man, we love that. Uh, Larry and Melinda have served as Assemblies of God world missionaries in Europe for the last 22 years. They moved to the Canary Islands of Spain in 2001 to help plant churches, then served in Vienna, Austria from 2011 to 2022. And... uh, Most of you don't know, but the church that Lindsay and I served at in Mississippi uh, are actually the pastors are relatives of Larry and Melinda, so uh, they come from good soil. I say that from both sides, but we definitely love this couple, and our friends are there in Vienna now, and we love that. But they served there as lead pastors of Vienna Christian Center. They also served as area directors for 10 countries in Northern Europe, led a network of European international churches, and Melinda, she leads the INSPIRE project, a global movement to reach women. Of all ages. Ladies, can y'all make some noise in the house this morning? Now, Larry has served as the regional director of the Assemblies of God World Mission since August of 2022. Can we give him a Dothan First welcome? Uh, Mr. Missionary Larry Henderson, y'all give it up for him this morning.
3: Thank you, Pastor Will. Amen. Good morning, Dothan First. Wow, great to see you guys today. Wonderful to be here just love the spirit that's in this church today. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you are so blessed to be sitting beside me today. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Yeah, you're blessed. You could have sat anywhere, but you sat here next to me. Hey, it's so great to be here among friends. And um, I don't feel like a guest. I feel like family. I feel, felt like home when I walked in today. And seeing friends and family, I, I don't have time to mention all the names of people that we've been close to over the years here in this church but we're just so so thankful for all of you thank you for your heart for missions and what you do to allow us to be really an expression of your heart around the world we do what you're doing you just do it here locally and we get to be a part of that globally and so look forward to sharing with you a little bit about that today i want to thank pastor pastor mark pastor michelle i'm so thankful that they are on sabbatical have a little time to rest especially during this month they're great friends and have been so kind to, towards us and very grateful for that. Pastor Wayne and uh, Pastor Kathy, so great to see you. And the first time I met you was when you were here as an interim pastor, you know, after Pastor Murray and Pastor Martha, and, and I see them back here today. But great to, uh, to know that during that time you were serving here and, and we had heard so much about you, but to be able to meet you. And then uh, Pastor Will, Pastor Lindsay, you guys are amazing. $15,000 of Speed the Light already and we're we're halfway through the year. So so thankful for all that you're doing and investing in the next generation. Again, I could go on and on. Hayden and and Carl, God bless you. Pastor Carl has been here such a long time as well, and um, really just thankful for he and Nicole, great friends. Hey, I do want to share with you for a moment at the end of the service today, this church has always blessed us financially, helping us with not only mission support to stay on the field, but also with special projects. And today, at the end of the service, you'll be a part of of an opportunity to give towards that project that we're calling our Europe Hub. Really, it's it's a facility that we're using now to be able to train all of our missionaries, all of our launch teams, equipping them, training them, everything that has to do with onboarding, mobilizing for new workers that are going to the field. Today is on Sunday. Last Thursday night, we commissioned 15 new workers going to Europe, global career workers. Two weeks before that, we commissioned 15 missionary associates, short term workers. So just in the last three weeks, we've had 30 new workers coming to Europe. Can you say, Praise the Lord? Amen. And it takes a lot to help equip them and train them, uh, put them into cohorts, new global workers who will be serving in places like the Balkans, some of the most difficult areas in northern, excuse me, in in Southeast Europe, um, the secular west, reaching Europeans. We're just so thankful that we get to be a part of investing in those that God has called. God's still calling people, and I'm thankful that he has, and we get to be a part of that. So thank you again for just your investment in helping us to train those workers so that they can be equipped to go and to serve where God has called them to be. Very excited about it. Well, I want to share with you today for a few moments on just a simple phrase that came to my heart last week, and that is the gospel works. The gospel works. We talk a lot about the good news, we talk a lot about the gospel, and I just want you to know, friends, it works. Maybe you've seen it with people, your friends, your family, people here in the church who've given their life to the Lord, but I can tell you, as we share Jesus, people come to faith in Jesus. It's not just a religion. It's not just an opportunity for people to be a part of, of some community of faith. But when people really receive Jesus, their lives are changed. Like Paul wrote about in 2 Corinthians 5, that the old is passed away and behold, all things have become new. I think about 2015-16 when we first started seeing the wave of refugees coming into Europe and we saw so many who were from Muslim countries, from Syria, from uh, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. Many who were coming, and people were telling us, "Be careful! Just be careful, because they, they'll never come to Jesus. They, they're they're against Christianity." And what we found was the opposite. Their hearts were open once they were outside of their host culture. They were asking us for Bibles. We've never read a Bible, but we would like to read a Bible. And and we were seeing them ask questions about the supernatural asking questions about how do you know that you, you, as a Christian, that you're going to go to heaven? How do you have that security? How do you know that that's really going to happen? Because in our faith, we're not really sure. And I remember one young man by the name of Jamal who came and he started reading his Bible and he was really searching for truth. He was very sincere. And I remember when he came to the church first, we have a picture of him. He came down to the altar one day for prayer and he asked us, he said, Um, I am really trying to find what is the truth. Can you pray for me? Because I feel like I'm a 50% follower of Jesus and 50% follower of Islam. And so as he kept coming to the altar, I said, you know, Jamal, you read your Bible. And I pray that the God of that Bible will reveal himself to you. Well, he kept doing that and he kept coming to church. And, and a few months later, I saw him in the altar again. He was on the other side and I couldn't reach him. But I asked one of our leaders, will you go pray for Jamal? But be careful because he is a 50% follower of Jesus, 50% follower of Islam. Well, after church, the leader came to me and he says, Pastor, that, that guy Jamal over there, he said, I want you to know he's a 75% follower of Jesus and 25% follower of Islam. Well, he kept coming to church and he kept reading his Bible. And the more he read that Bible, the more the Holy Spirit worked in his life. And just like you had a baptism uh, a moment today, we did as well. And I remember Jamal coming forward for baptism and I told his story. I said, when I first met you, you were 50, 50. Then I heard you were 75, 25. I said, what's God done in your life? And I'll never forget, he raised his hands and he said, all the fear is gone. God's given me peace. I know the truth and I want everybody to know I'm a 100% follower of Jesus. Come on, can you say praise the Lord? The gospel, it works, it works. It's more than just words in a book. It's God's word to us. And as people read that word, the Holy Spirit responds and draws them to Jesus. The Holy Spirit's work, first and foremost, is not just to give us gifts, but it's to exalt Jesus. And that's what happens as people take steps towards him. I'll never forget one of our young ladies in the church by the name of Antea. She was an Austrian student who came, grew up in a Catholic home, but never really went to 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 the catholic church she was baptized as an infant and later she became a teenager and moved into her university years and she just felt like she was missing something that she didn't understand really what the catholic church had had uh represented and she wanted to find out truth so she went to youtube how many of you know that's where all the answers are right on youtube and she started searching christianity and she saw these videos that really were presentations of the gospel and i'll never forget after she came to church she said i'm looking for a church who will tell me more about what the bible says i found this on youtube and my heart is very open and you'll see a picture of her she came to church she gave her heart to jesus as she heard the gospel as she interacted with other young people who shared their faith Antaea went to a conference, what we would consider a Chi Alpha conference, like with other university ministries. She met her husband there. They were, well, they didn't get married in that moment. They got married later, but they got married, came back and started to help us serving in university ministry in our church in Vienna. And she's still there, still serving the Lord, leading others to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus changed her life. And she said, the gospel is more than words. It's more than a story. It's, it's the life-giving relationship with Jesus. And if it changed me, it could change you. Friends, I could go on and on and tell you story after story. I'll never forget being at church on a, a Saturday. We were doing leadership training with our pastors. And I noticed in the foyer of the church, there were two young men out there. I went outside to see who they were. And they were students, two Chinese students from China. And they were doing a, a, a semester studying abroad, and they were studying at the University of Vienna. When I asked them, um, can I help you, they showed me this book. It was a tourist book. And the whole book was in Chinese. You've, you've seen those tourist books, right? I mean, they show you the best restaurants and the museums and the places you should go. And right in the middle of that Chinese tourist book was an ad for our church, Vienna Christian Center, Christian Church. And I thought, how in the world did we get an ad in a Chinese tourist book? And they said, we're looking for a church, a Christian church. Are you a Christian church? I said, yes, we are. I said, are you guys Christians? They said, no, we're not Christians, but we're looking for a Christian church. And I'm a little puzzled now because if you're not Christians, why are you looking for a Christian church? And one of the young men told me, he says, we are students from China, but we're studying uh, here in Vienna, in Europe. In China, the internet is closed. It's restricted. But in Europe, the internet is open. In China, we can't really see anything. But since we've been here in Europe, we've seen everything on the internet. And I thought, well, God help you, probably more than you needed to see. And then one of the second young men asked me, he says, do you know Hollywood? I said, yeah, I know what Hollywood is. And he asked me these words. He says, he says we're, we're looking for a Christian church because when we were watching movies from hollywood we watched movies and we heard the sayings of jesus and when we heard these sayings of jesus we felt something in our heart and we're looking for a christian church who will tell us more of the sayings of jesus and friends i don't know what movies you're watching but god somehow helped them find the right movies with the right sayings of jesus and many times we sit around and we say how in the world can we reach the world i can tell you god's already working You can't just sit around and dream, well, I hope two Chinese students walk in during service today and somehow they've watched the right movie with the sayings of Jesus. We can't make that happen, but God can because he's drawing people, because he's reaching out to them. I called our Chinese pastor. We had services in different languages and one was Chinese, thank God. And and he met them the next day and they went to service with him. And that afternoon, those young students heard more of the sayings of Jesus. And they gave their heart to him. They they were discipled with us for a number of months. They went back. And today, they're somewhere in China. We've lost contact with them. But they're somewhere there. And they're telling other people about the sayings of Jesus. What am I trying to say today? I'm just telling you the gospel works. And so many times, we try to figure it out and argue with people and debate and have our apologetics. And there's room for that. But I want you to know, there's no substitute for proclaiming Jesus And Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died, that Jesus rose again, and that Jesus alone can forgive sins. That's what the gospel is all about. Well, I want you to turn with me to the book of Acts for a moment. Acts chapter 2. There's so much we can gather from this chapter. But I want to just remind you of a couple of things here that I think are so important for us today. If you remember verse number 1, the Bible reminds us when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. They were in one place Verse 2 says, it was a sound from heaven. (laughs) Thank God for sounds from heaven. It was like a violet wind that filled the house. Verse 3 says, tongues of fire rested on them. Verse 4, we know this verse. They were all filled. Come on, everybody say all. All. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. Verse 5 and 6 is where the story gets very interesting for me as a missionary. Because it says there were people from every nation who heard them speaking in their own language. And they begin to ask different questions. Finally, verse number 12, I want you to look at it with me. It says, amazed and perplexed, they ask, what does this mean? Amazed and perplexed. We see these men, they're Galileans, aren't they, aren't they Galileans? And yet we hear them speaking in our languages what does this mean are they drunk i mean what's happening what does this mean and just like paul in athens at mars hill He looks for an opportunity to share the gospel, and he sees the different gods, and then there's the unknown God, and he says, let me tell you about that unknown God. He steps into their culture, he steps into their world, and he presents Jesus through their questions, through the the things that they were searching for. Who's the unknown God? We don't know. And in that same way, in this moment, Peter does the same thing. He uses this question, these questions, as a starting point to proclaim the gospel are they not all Galileans why is it that we each hear them speaking in our own languages what does this mean and from that moment Peter takes their questions and he shares Jesus I want to ask you today what's the question that our world is asking as you watch the news as you are in tune with what's happening in the culture of Dothan, Alabama, but also in the nation, as you're watching what's happening around the world, what's the question that our world is asking today? What are the questions that people are asking that we can use to also present the gospel? What's the question that people are asking in Europe? What's the question that people are asking in America? What are they asking in their generation, Pastor Will? What is it? I wrote down a few questions that I know people have asked me. Maybe you could add to this list. Some would ask, can anyone bring healing to our pain? I'm just tired, I'm hurting. Can anybody, can anything? I've tried drugs, it doesn't work. I've I've tried relationships, it doesn't work. Can anyone help us with our anxiety? A question I get asked often is, a missionary as a pastor is will we win or lose the battle for mental health these are questions that we're hearing in our generation that we're hearing in our part of the world and my best guess is you're probably hearing them right here in your part of the world too is there an answer to help us discover our real gender identity how do we know will the pandemic produce distress or growth there's an interesting study right now because we all know what PTSD is. We hear about it from those who are in the military, go to war, they're in traumatic situations, the post-traumatic you know, stress disorder. But 80% of Gen Z feels that they've been traumatized by life circumstances. And again, you can make fun of that or you can recognize it as that's the way they feel, it's their reality. But here's what we know. There's a study right now to say, are you gonna suffer from your traumatic circumstances with, with PTSD, or you're going to approach it from a PTG, post-traumatic growth. In other words, you can be a victim or you can find victory. You, this may be your reality. This may be what you feel what's going on, but what are you going to do about it? Are you going to stay in it or are you going to come out of it? And people are trying to say, well, if I want to come out of it, how do I come out of it? How do I, how do I find the growth from the things that I've gone through? Questions like, who can speak to our lack of purpose? Who can speak to our uncertainties? Who can speak to the failure to launch? Many young people today feel like I've just failed to launch my life. I've seen my parents and my grandparents, but I'm struggling with just the idea of how do I launch? So many questions. I remember a few years ago, we were in Heidelberg, Germany. And we were there for some training with member care helping equip a lot of our leaders to be able to care for our missionaries. Melinda was outside in in front of the hotel. We were waiting for some friends and she decided to post a video to some of her friends. And she, so, so I'm holding the camera and she's there and she's just talking to her, some of the women's sisters sisterhood that she was a part of. And she's just encouraging them and she's validating them. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this woman, a Muslim woman who was completely covered, just completely covered. And she's watching Melinda, and she's listening to Melinda. And finally, we turn the video off, and the lady walks right up to my wife, and she says, who are you? And she says, well, my name is Melinda. She said, yeah, but but who are you? Who are you talking to? She said, I was just talking to some of my friends. And the lady from the Muslim background said, my friends need to hear what you just said. And she said, could you please record a video that I could send to my friends? And you say the exact same thing you just said. You know what Melinda was talking about? She was talking about identity. She was talking about value. She was talking about engagement and and leaning into what God's doing in your life. She She was just sharing hope. And this lady says, I have friends who need to hear that. They need to hear that message. And so Melinda said, sure. And the lady says, you know, it better be a voice recording. She said, because if my husband ever found me in a video or picture with you, he would kill me. All because she was a Westerner. All because Melinda was a Westerner. This lady says, I need the answer to those questions. We we have questions. And what you're sharing answers the questions that my friends have. Friends, we live in a world where you and I have to share Jesus. But we can't just expect people to come and we're going to do it our way. We have to go to where they are and the questions that they have. So how will you and I share Jesus in response to the questions of the people that we are called to reach? What about my anxiety, my fear? What is about my lack of purpose? Well, I can tell you this. The gospel still works today. Jesus is still the answer for today. Anybody remember that old song we used to sing? Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. It's more than a song. Jesus himself said in John 14, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It's not programs. Honestly, thank God for ministries and resources. But it's not that. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. We preach him. We proclaim him. And exactly in, in the moments where people have questions, I can tell you Jesus is still the answer for the world today. A year and a half ago, we started seeing all the refugees from Ukraine coming into our part of the world. We've seen millions and millions of refugees from Ukraine. When I got into town last night, I stopped by a store for a moment and I met a Ukrainian woman here and it, And and when I asked her, I said, hey, where are you from? I could sense it in her accent. I said, where are you from? And and I didn't want to just say, hey, are you Ukrainian? But I said, where are you from? And she said, from my mother. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I know. But I said, where are you really from? And she says, from the Ukraine. And it just blessed me to see a Ukrainian right here in Dothan, Alabama. And to know that, again, her heart was so open, and I started telling her a little bit about our story and who we were. We have worked with thousands and thousands of Ukrainians who have come into Poland and Slovakia, even into other parts of Germany and Austria. But Poland specifically, I can tell you, as these refugees started crossing the border, it was the first country they could come into. Their hearts were full of fear, full of uncertainty, hopelessness. Can you imagine all of a sudden a war breaking out right here and you have to make your way towards Canada or towards Mexico? I mean, like, just leave everything. What? Leave your job, leave your, leave your, your house, leave, leave everything. And you just have to, you have to, to save your life. You can imagine what they felt like as they were forced to leave and coming into our part of the world, into central Europe. We have had 8 million refugees, 8 million come into the nation of Poland alone. That doesn't count the surrounding nations. I've talked with the the superintendent there just a couple of days ago. He was reminding me that last September, when they began the school year, just in the the city of Warsaw, they had to absorb 60,000 new students into the school system. And if you're a teacher, can you imagine students coming in your classroom now your classrooms doubled or more than doubled and more than half of the students don't speak the language don't understand the culture and somehow you're supposed to educate all of them you can imagine the things that they were going through and yet the church not the NGOs but the church opened their hearts We have given help through Convoy of Hope and through Assemblies of God World Missions, through churches like you that have helped support us to be there. We have helped 100 and equipped 120 uh, Polish national churches to be able to open up their doors, to be able to allow refugees even to sleep in their churches, many of them taking refugees into their homes. We've seen them proclaim Jesus, and we have seen thousands and thousands of Ukrainians who have come to faith in Jesus. Well praise the lord i'm not talking about just somebody who heard the gospel but because of jesus and because of the questions they were asking they found the answers they found the hope today we've planted 25 ukrainian churches in poland and every single one of those 120 have continued outreach and every new church plant poland has a vision to plant 700 new churches They've identified 700 towns where there is no evangelical church, and they've said every church that we plant is going to be a, 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 a church where we have services for Poles and we have services for Ukrainians. Why? Because right now the harvest is ripe, and people who would have never been open to the gospel in their countries where they're from, and yet in these circumstances with their questions, with their doubts, with their hopelessness, with their loneliness, with their, with their open heart, they're just saying, who can help us? And as we present Jesus We're seeing them come to him. Every new church planting is planting a Ukrainian church as well. Friends, the gospel works. It works. Peter proclaimed Jesus. I want to close by just kind of bringing this in. Turn back to Acts chapter 2 with me. He proclaims Jesus. Here's what happened. Verse 21. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a pretty good place to start. Who's the answer to our hopelessness? Who can help us with the questions that we have? What does this mean? Well, if you call on Jesus, everyone who calls on his name shall be saved. Verse 22. Jesus. Let me tell you who Jesus was. He was a man who was accredited by God to you with miracles, wonders, signs, which God did among you. You've seen it. You've sensed it. You, you've heard about it. You know what God has done among you. It was Jesus who, who God sent to do that. Verse 23 you put him to death. You nailed him to the cross. Verse 24, but God raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Verse number 32, God has raised this Jesus to life. This Jesus who can forgive you. This Jesus who died and rose again. This Jesus who is coming back. This Jesus, we are witnesses Verse 36, be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. And then verse 37 says, they were cut to the heart. And they had one more question. What shall we do? What shall we do? I can't tell you the number of times we have presented the gospel to people. I remember a young lady named Hani from Iran When we told her, she has questions. She had all these questions. And we presented the gospel. We shared Jesus. And she looked at us and she said, that's the most beautiful story I've ever heard in my life. Why hasn't anyone told me that before? What should I do? What should I do? And Peter responds, repent. Ask for forgiveness. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, friends. The gospel works; it just works. What does this mean? Why is this happening? Are these guys drunk? Aren't they Galileans? What what's really going on? And Peter proclaims Jesus. He proclaims Jesus. I want to ask you today, as DF one, as D one church, what are we what are we proclaiming? When you go out and you leave this place and you go to your work in the marketplace and you go to the store and you go to the ballpark, wherever you go, what are you proclaiming? I want to encourage you, proclaim the cross, proclaim the resurrection, proclaim the empowerment of the spirit, remind people we serve a God. It's more than songs that we sing during worship. Everybody, the gospel works. We see and we believe, but we see signs and wonders. We do see miracles happening. I, I'll I just can't tell you how many times we've just been in a worship service and the Lord begins to move among the people and lives are changed because of him drawing them one service. We're there and all of a sudden someone comes in. There was a prostitute who had been walking by in front of our church and she needed to use the the restroom. They call it the toilet in Europe, the WC. And she was looking, is there a toilet? Is there a WC here? A wash closet? And they said, yeah, come on in. You can use it. She says, what is this place? They said, a church. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. And they're like, no, it's OK. Come on in. And as she was in the restroom, she hears people praying. And she hears us worshiping. And as soon as she comes out, she comes and sits in the back. And for the very first time in her life, this woman who had been married to three different men and had three different daughters by each of them, One of them who had died, one of them who was abusive, a husband who uh, had died, a husband who was abusive, and another husband who decided he's just going to be a homosexual and doesn't want to be married anymore. This prostitute sitting there, hopeless, her life broken, had all these questions, and yet in that moment she heard about Jesus. And at the end of that service, just like we see many services here at, at, at D1, People raise their hand and say, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And she gave her heart to him. Her life was changed forever. Friends, I can't help but just remind you today, we don't preach ourselves. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Jesus as Lord. In Colossians 1.8, he says, we proclaim him. It's not about us. We're not building our kingdom. We're not even building a brand here. We're we're all about building the kingdom of God. This is about Jesus. We're not a social club today. We're the church. And we're here to proclaim Jesus to those who need him the lost. I wish I could take all of you with me to the Balkans in Southeast Europe. The history of the Balkans is very lengthy. It's complex. It extends over a thousand years with Interactions between literally three different civilizations, five empires, three major religions, 10 modern nation states, and at least 14 major identified ethnic groups. There's such division in the Balkans, such hopelessness and loneliness. It's the only part of Europe that's in the 1040 window. In the 1990s, we saw four divisive wars. One of them was in the the, the country of Albania which tore the country apart in Bosnia and Herzegovina we saw ethnic cleansing we saw refugees to this day 99% of the Balkans have no gospel witness and they can't hear about Jesus because in most places there's no churches there's no believers there's no Bibles and no missionaries and yet Jesus said I will build my church You know we just believe he meant what he said we believe it and so we continue to send missionaries even these last two weeks to some of the darkest places in southeast europe to the balkans i'll never forget superintendent Gazim from albania he told me in 1990 there were no churches he said when we felt called to ministry came to know jesus we immediately felt called to ministry there were ten of us that shared one bible ten of us shared one bible and then he shared with me, he says, now the fire Bible has come to Albania and every single one of our pastors, every single one of our late ministers have a fire Bible. Friends, in 1990, Albania had zero churches. And today there are over 200 evangelical churches with 50,000 believers in the country of Albania. Can you say praise the Lord? I'm telling you that because I want to remind you the gospel works. It works. It works. By the way, when Peter preached Jesus, you know what happens? You can read those last few verses. There was repentance and conviction of sin. People were baptized. The church grew numerically. Praise God for that. They were committed to living in community and fellowship. There was a passion for prayer. We can't forget the power of prayer. The passion to study God's word. Miracles happened. People were committed to the well-being of others. They were committed to church attendance. Increased burden for the lost. There was a greater generosity that was favored with the community. And people were coming to faith in Jesus. That was the result, not of arguing with them, but of answering their question. What does this mean? It's all about Jesus and proclaiming him. The gospel works. And I can tell you today, if it works in Europe, it works right here in Dothan, Alabama. Did you hear me? If it works in Europe... If it works in Africa, if it works in Asia and India, if it works in the Middle East, it works right here because it's the same Jesus. It's the same Jesus we proclaim. It's the same Jesus, praise the Lord. I wanna close by showing you a video of this guy named Ibrahim from Syria. Ibrahim was a part of the Assad regime and um, ISIS wanted to kill him, so they put a car bomb under his car but before he could get in the car, the bomb exploded and blew up. Ibrahim was not in the car, but his wife was in the car. His two girls were in the car. And his mom and dad were in the car. I want you to hear this video as he tells in his own story how the gospel changed his life. You're from, can I tell everybody where you're from? You're from Syria. And uh, we've seen a lot of refugees that have come over these last few years from Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Syria. Uh, of course, many places in Africa, but you're, you're one of the stories that really inspire us because y- you were a person who lost everything. But, but can you describe what happened in 2013? What what did you lose?
4: Um, the, the wars began in 2011, and I was working as a special place. Right. In November 2013, the ISIS attacked my whole family with a car bomb and he killed all of my family.
3: So, so ISIS, when they attacked your family in this, this car bomb, but you, you lost everybody, your wife, your children, everybody. My wife,
4: my and And after that, uh, I decided to get out from this country because I don't believe in war.
3: Well, I, I can imagine because I actually read what you wrote and you and I have had conversations before, but how did that make you feel towards God? You know, did you feel angry, sad? How did you feel when, when you lost everything?
4: Uh, actually, I was very angry and very sad. And I was always thinking, because we was young, uh, our parents, they us oh, they are angels, they will protect us, uh, they were uh, God. And I say okay, this is a big liar, because if they were angels, they will protect not my parents, but my children, at least my kids. And I decided to get out from Syria. It took me two months to get to Europe. Two because months. two months. <clears throat> because, you know, I'll, 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 I lost everything. And, uh, and uh, that person, thanks to him, he told me, Give your heart to Jesus. And first time I was so, I'm not sure to give my heart to Jesus. But the day I decided to give my heart to Jesus, that anger and that sadness, they take it from my heart Amen. and I have one message for these people who killed my family today I will forgive you
1: Powerful, man. Thanks for saying that.
3: did you hear that these people who killed my family today I have a message for you I I forgive you only God Only God can take away anger. Only God can take away loss and and give us the ability to do that. Friends, that's not human. That's that's supernatural. It's not from our heart. It's because of what God's done in your life, Abraham. And you've been through a lot. It hasn't been easy since you've been here. We've talked a lot about things you've been through. But you know what? You're on a good path right now. And God has great things in front of you. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Pastor Hayden, if you'd come. I want to lead you in prayer for just a few moments. But I want to remind you, when Abraham came to us, he had lost everything. Can you imagine your family being killed when it was intended for you? And then he comes and he says, how do I get rid of this anger? How do I get rid of this bitterness, unforgiveness? But when he gave his heart, you heard him. He said in his own words, when I gave my heart to Jesus, he took away the anger. He took it away. And today, I forgive the people who killed my family. Friends, only God can do that. The gospel works. It works. If it worked for Abraham, it'll work for you. And if you're here today, and maybe you got some questions in your own heart. Maybe you're just struggling with fear, maybe with anxiety. Maybe you're just here today and you're lonely and afraid and you're like, what do I do? I want you to know the gospel works. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you're struggling with gender identity. Maybe you have questions about your own mental health or about uncertainties. Maybe you just feel like your life is static and you're not moving forward. I want you to know Jesus can change your life today. Would you just bow your head with me for a moment, everyone who's here? I just wanna ask you a simple question. Do you need Jesus? Do you need forgiveness? The one who died for you, the one who rose again, just as Peter said, this Jesus, God raised him to life. And Jesus promised that when he comes in, everything changes. The old has passed away, everything becomes new. I want to lead you in prayer this morning. If you need Jesus, it's going to be between you and, and God right now. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I do want to ask you to respond. If you have questions, you need the Lord right now in your life. Only Jesus can change you. Only Jesus can help you. You need forgiveness. You need to make things right with God. You know your sin has separated you from God, and you need to make it right. Right now, would you just raise your hand and say, Larry, pray for me. Come on, just raise it up right back down. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you yes yes many hands thank you you can put them right back down anybody else pray with me today i need jesus i need forgiveness thank you lord amen everybody would you stand with me right now i want to lead you in a simple prayer that pastor mark would lead you in if he was here today there's no magic words but it's an opportunity for you to say in your own heart jesus forgive me i need you one of the greatest things you and i can ever do is acknowledge We can't live this life by ourselves. we need Jesus. And so those who raise their hand, especially, but I wanna invite everyone to pray with me today. Would you just pray in your heart, say, dear Jesus, come on, say it out loud with me. Dear Jesus, I need you, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and change my life. Only you can answer my questions. Only you can take away the anger and the bitterness Only you can take away my sin. So I turn away from that today. And I turn to you. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I believe with all my heart that your relationship with Jesus is personal, but it's not private. It's personal. It's between you and God. But you need to make it public. You need to tell somebody. So I want to encourage you, if you prayed that prayer today, would you just text to d1 d1 text would you just send a message to d1 text right now and tell somebody before you leave today hey i prayed i asked jesus to my heart and this church has an incredible growth track opportunities to help you in your walk with god again we're just here to walk alongside of you to help support you it's you and jesus but it's us together as we help you to grow in that relationship and i can't think of a better place for you to be than right here at dothan first Assembly. It's going to be wonderful hey i want to close in one more prayer for pastor wayne comes would you be ready would you just pray with me lord help me to be ready to answer questions come on first peter 3 says but in your hearts honor Christ as lord and always be ready to make a defense of anyone asks ask you for the reason of the hope that's within you would you just lift your hands with me right now and say lord help me to be ready come on just with all your heart say lord help me to be ready I don't have the answers, but, but Lord, I know that people are asking questions. What does this mean? How do I survive? How do I get better? Lord, help me in that moment to share Jesus. Come on, make it a sincere prayer as we close right now. Lord, with all of my heart, I don't want to just come to church. I don't want to just live my life, but I ask you to use me. Help me to always be ready with a response. Lord, give me the right words to say when I'm at work, when I'm at school, when I hear somebody curse your name, when I hear people ask questions, Lord, when we see the things that are happening in the news, in the world today, and what we're struggling with, even in the Supreme Courts, I pray that you would always give me an answer that I can share so that I can point people to you to proclaim Jesus. Jesus is the one who helps us. He's the one who forgives. He's the one who brings unity. He's the one who changes our life. Lord, help me in those moments to proclaim you. Lord, use me, I pray, for your name and for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a big hand today. Praise the Lord. Hadn't
5: that been great this morning, that message on the gospel? The gospel is the answer. Thank you, missionary Larry Henderson, your wife. Wish she could be with us today. This morning, he gave me a gift and I'm showing it to you for a specific reason. It was a gift to Kathy and me from Melinda. And uh, please greet Melinda in our behalf. We love her too. Uh, You folks have been such a great friend to this church, but a great friend to the field not just the 20 years you served on the field, but all of the missionaries that you have trained and reproduced for the kingdom of God. And I want you to see this. The reason I put this little gift out here is because all of the, these are all the countries that they're training missionaries for. And I'm so excited about the newest endeavor, building that training center they lack only $90,000 to complete it, $90,000. We can make this happen. And uh, all of those countries need trained missionaries. Those who have been on the mission field for 20 years, it's a different mission field today. It's not the same field as when you went on the, the field in Vienna or when you went to Spain. It's a different world. It's a different United States than 20 years ago, isn't it? Multiply that times all the missionaries that need to be trained. It's a military town, so let me use this military example. It costs us $6 million to train an F-16 pilot. $6 million. It costs double that, more than double that, $13 million to train an f 22 pilot And if they lose one of those pilots or they drop out all of that training expense To guard our country to watch over our country, all of that training expense is gone. They have to start over and Put that money back in to a new pilot Can I tell you that the same thing happens on the mission field? I've watched this for years. I've served on the boards if we don't train adequately our missionaries they will burn out they will end up short term and guess what we'll have to start over again and all the money we raised to begin with we have to start over with a new missionary and so this morning i'm excited pastor mark asked me to raise the funds for toward this this new project and i'm very excited to do that and so let's just ask the holy spirit would you please to give the most generous gift that we can to help these missionaries hundreds and hundreds that will be trained for the gospel to for the presentation of the gospel let's just bow our heads and ask the holy spirit to show us heavenly father we're thankful for the message we heard today and putting legs under the gospel wheels under the gospel or the term that we often use speeding the light to get them there part of that is the training of the missionaries and lord right now would you just reach out and touch people maybe even in this room with the call of god to help them to fulfill the call that they have in their heart And I thank you, Lord, that Larry, not unlike the Apostle Paul, yes, he went to the field and he raised up people within the local communities where he planted churches. But then one of the greatest things he did was to equip people to go and to serve. And so, Father, I thank you for that apostolic work that continues to happen to this very day. And we thank you, Lord, for Larry and Melinda who pledged themselves toward it and plowed themselves heart deep into it. Now we speak to us, Lord, and help us as we help them. In Jesus' name, amen. There's five ways to give. You know about those five ways, but we'll put that back up there. You can give online, dothanfirst.org. You can go to the smartphone. There's a secure give vision app that many of you use all the time by text df give and the amount to that number or you can go to the one of the giving boxes that we have and put a twenty dollar bill or a, a check or something in uh, that offering envelope that you'll find in the back of the pew and uh, i know god will help you in giving thank you so much today and uh, we love you and i've Give the opportunity to give the blessing this morning so just open your heart to the blessing of God may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace And may the Lord write his name on your heart and declare you belong to me in jesus name and everyone said amen now go out and bless the world